Years ago, I went on my honeymoon down into Mexico. My wife and I, when we got married, we decided we didn't want to go on a honeymoon where we'd be typical tourists and just go to a resort or something. We wanted to get backpacks and travel around, get off the beaten path a little bit. I was young and I had never been to a foreign country before. And I learned a lot of interesting things on that trip. I saw things that broadened my young mind. And I almost lost my arm at one point. I was raised in a, you know, a rich, a more rich and pampered country. I realized that as soon as I got down to Mexico. And what I didn't realize was how much I was used to being safely kept behind, you know, guardrails and warning buzzers that, you know, I didn't probably didn't think about my own safety as much as maybe I should have. You know, we're always looked after in this in this world and it kind of breeds a foolish complacency about the reality of the world. But sometimes, you know, things change and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a position where you should be paying more attention to what's going on instead of just trusting the experts. I mean, like fact check. What is that all about? I mean, that's what we see now on social media, fact check. It's not about facts anymore. The game is about spin and about narrative and about ideology. This new world of jello legitimacy where some tech company can fact check doctors and scientists. That's a dangerous concept. Be careful you don't lose something more than your arm. And yes, I will get down to the arm thing and tell you the story. You might have to hang around a while. And if you've got a feeling maybe you'd like to hear a little bit more about maybe not just how I almost lost my arm, but this information cesspool that we're in. Or maybe you do just want to hang around and hear about my near-miss arm mangling in Mexico. Well, no pun intended, but grab a stump and sit down by the fire. You have found the frequency of the Enemy Patrol podcast. Please stand by for new directions. Over. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the fire of the enemy patrol. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the Anomic Ranger, your very own reality scout. And as your scout, I give you information that I see in life that you can use as you move ahead in this little adventure that you call life. And since you are the general in this campaign, it's you that makes the decisions ultimately. I am just your humble reality scout. I just give you the lay of the land, so to speak. So you can use my reports or don't. I just tell you what I see. If you want to know more, you can um, <coughs> subscribe so you don't miss some of these reports. Um, you can also go take a look at my website. You can find me at anomicranger.com. If you want to send me an email, you can do so on the contact portion of my website. Uh, anybody that wants to leave comments, I should just say in my website, I've made it so that you you have to sign up. And I only do that because I really don't want to um, have to start, start uh, filtering out spam and stuff. So it's just like if you sign up, I'll, the only thing you're signing up for is the ability to 
leave a comment or other things like that. And so you can get a hold of me uh, under the contact portion on my website. Or if you just want to send me an email and complain about having to sign up on my website in order to make a comment, you can send me an email at animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. Anime is spelled A-N-O-M-I-E. Patrol, H-Q, all one word, at yahoo.com. So, and if you like what I write or what I podcast, well, uh, get on there and leave me a comment or wherever you find your podcast. Leave me a good rating. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and comment and all those good things. But most importantly, if you know of somebody that could learn a little bit, or that you just think maybe Rangers got something figured out and it's good scouting information to pass along. Just share it with a friend. Anyway, I am not going to get too far out there and make you wait a long time to hear the story of how I almost lost my arm. So anyway, before I even introduce how I'm going to break this up, which is how I break it up every time I do one of these podcasts into roughly three sections... Um, the first one I usually call the veneration of the normal man, and it's how to live like a normal man in the society that we've got today, which is, well, it's difficult right now, and it's only going to get more confusing. So this just helps to uh, maybe ground you a little bit. This information is meant for you to have so that you can solidify the way you think a little bit. So that's what the veneration of the normal man is about, because, well, right now the normal man is, well, kind of... um, a second-class citizen in our society, you might say. And the next section I have is Lies Found in Society, which I could do the podcast probably for the next 10,000 years, and I could always find lies in society. But this is just to um, maybe call it the more the deprogramming section of uh, the podcast and looking at things that um, maybe... Uh, little stories or, or uh, I'm not sure what word to use, um, things in society that, uh, that everybody is supposed to believe and it just is true because everybody believes it and they saw it on TV. There's a lot of those kind of lies in our culture. So anyway, that's what I take a look at there. And then last, um, I usually do some practical steps, little things you can do in your life that would help to... Learn to think a little bit differently about life. Learn to think a little bit differently about things. Uh, Increase your personal agency. And if it doesn't help you think more independently, at least maybe it will help you think differently. So yeah, some practical exercises. So anyway. All right. I have stretched this out as long as I can. Now I have to get into the story of how I almost lost my arm down in Mexico. All right. Here is the story. We were traveling around and we were uh, off the beaten path in that most of the people around us did not speak any English. So that's a good way to tell when you're in in a foreign country. If nobody around speaks your language, then there's definitely not a lot of tourists around. Just a, you know, kind of a small indicator. So anyway, we were in a rural part of Mexico. We stayed in this small town and this small town had a a uh, really nice old hotel. Like it was a very old hotel, but it had been through the ages. It had uh, been used um, 
I would say it was at one point it was probably a really nice resort, but it had got out of vogue as sometimes places like that do. And so the hotel had had been obviously updated from its ancient uh, Spanish roots, you might say, and had they had put it in an elevator. I mean, they put in other things too. I mean, running water, electricity. It had been updated. But it had been a few years since it had been updated. This would have been in around 1988. So I would say probably it hadn't had a good update since probably 1965 or something. But anyway, it did have an elevator. There was only three floors on this old building, but it did have an elevator. So it was... It was kind of quaint, you might say. It was, there was a lot of brass inside. It wasn't quite so old that it had to have the, you know, the person in the little uniform, you know, and you tell them what floor you want to go to, but it had buttons and everything. But you could tell it was of older design. And um, my wife and I had gone on the elevator, and we were going down, and there was a lady and a child, a small boy about, oh, I don't know, eight years old or so. They were holding hands. She was running for the elevator. And um, without thinking too much about it, I just reached my hand out on the door. And it was about, uh, probably about 12 inches from closing. I just stuck my hand in because I'd done it all my life in elevators in Canada. There's that unique little rubber padded bar that runs up and down the door. If you touch it, it's just like a switch. The door automatically opens. So I kind of banged on the door to open it and... uh, well, it, it didn't switch, so I banged it again. Now it's closing even more. And um, it didn't have one of those switches. That door was going to close. And I, when I realized that I whipped my hand out, and the last thing I saw was the, the lady looking at me, and her eyes were the size of saucers. And then the last thing I saw just before the door closed was a little boy, and his eyes were big too. They probably wondered who the idiot tourist was that almost got his arm cut off in the elevator door because if the door wouldn't have cut it off, I'm sure the elevator would have started moving and probably the next floor would have cut my arm off. But anyway, this is the idea and this is why I put it into the story is that just because you think one thing and you think you're safe and you think you understand how things work, life can come along and change all that. Life can come along and just change the whole all the rules. And you got to be aware. And I tell you, after that incident in Mexico, I was very aware of traffic. I was very aware of everything because I realized the um, training wheels and the safety cushions and the bubble wrap that I had grown up with in my country were not in that country. And so I hope after the story, that's the end of my story, and I hope you will stick around as we delve in more into the how information, this information cesspool that we find ourselves in in this day and age, Try and figure out how a normal man is supposed to navigate his way around that. So, yeah, stick around as we get into the veneration of the normal man. I'm going to put this up here, and I think I'm going to be using this a little... It's a little statement... Um, I've put in quotation marks. Uh, I think I'll leave for the veneration of the normal man for at least the next few episodes. And that is remain calm and ready for action. That is a sentence you can tell yourself when you're not sure how things are going. Just remain calm, but stay ready for action. And I think if you can cultivate that as a mindset, I think you'll do okay going into good old 2021. Because, you know, anything else... 
because I, I want to talk about information, you know. And right now we're in information overload. For to be a normal man, you know, you get the news coming in, you got stories coming in, you got people telling you things, and the information it's so wide ranging, and it's all I don't know. It seems questionable, just about all of it. You know, and it's like I talked about earlier, a fact check. You know, I I put something up on on Facebook a while ago, and uh, like a month ago or so, and. Uh, I put it up there and all it was was a it was um it was an article from a science magazine. I mean, we're not talking flat earth society here or anything. I think it was oh, I don't remember. I won't even stip, I won't even pretend to remember what it was, but it was like a it was a journal of some kind and it was an interesting article. It was about asymptomatic spread of this flu manchu. Um and I thought it was a pretty good article. It, it talked about uh, where, where they do contact tracing more in South Korea or in, um, uh, I think it was South Korea and Japan, and I'm not sure where else, where they did a lot of contact tracing and just digging through the data on that. And they found that if you didn't have symptoms, the chances of spreading the Wuhan flu are go down quite low. So anyway, I read it and it seemed like it was a, you know, well thought out article. It's, I don't think they claimed that it proved anything, but it just showed that, like, where's the data on asymptomatic spread? If you're not sick, where's the data that it actually gets spread? But that's not what they do. What they do is they fact check, and then they just find somebody else's opinion, like, oh, no, you can have asymptomatic spread. And then they take the article that you put on, they take it all apart, like they rip it all apart. Well, that's fine. Show me your data. Show me your article that there is asymptomatic spread. I mean, that that seems to me how you would prove it wrong, but they don't do that. Just fact check. Yeah. Who's got time to dig into all this? Who's got time to every little thing in your life, everything that you read, everything that you, you know, share or post or send or email? Who's got time to dig into every detail to make sure that you not get fact check? Yeah comes down to deciding like who is legitimate isn't it isn't that the way it works who is legitimate you know up till now we've kind of had a, a situation where we distrusted our experts we trusted our government we trusted our scientists we trusted our media but now you've got two choices you either get in and dig down and find the legitimacy almost by doing the science yourself or you just kind of try and trust and move on. But one thing I will say in all the stuff that you run into in life, if you're going to make a big decision on something, make sure you convince yourself before you move on. If you can convince yourself, don't worry about who fact checks. As long as you do your own due diligence on something you believe in. And believe me, that's hard to do because we all have our own pet little beliefs that we really don't want to read information that knocks down our pet beliefs. But in the end, also, you can't spend your whole life um, arguing with people and getting down, oh, yeah, you know, you said this and I said this, and you're down to the last minutiae of the details. Like, who really, in the end, do you have to prove anything to? And in that, I'll say you got to be aware of, of the shame game that's played there. That's the blunt edge of virtue signaling. It's like, well, if you don't do this, then shame on you. You're, you the morality comes into it. You really see this with this the whole mask thing, right? I mean, the science on it is sketchy at best. 
you can find stuff that says the masks don't do nothing and others that say masks are very important or we're all going to die. And you can find stuff in the middle that says, yeah, well, if you hacked up a loogie, I'm sure the mask would catch it. So it's doing something. So just wear your mask. Well, you know, this mixing of facts and morality, if you don't wear your mask, then that means you're a selfish person. You know, this whole thing of mixing science and morality, it really deserves its own little chat beside the the fire of the enemy patrol. So I won't go any deeper. I won't go any further down that rabbit trail. But just remember that this mixing of facts and morality, that, that, that deserves some attention. Anyway, it comes down to not chasing the stick. You know, and whenever they bring in morality, it's like, you know, they, they, they wave something in front of your face and then they throw it and you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go catch the stick and that keeps you busy. And that's where a lot of this stuff comes in. You know, I can't remember who said that. I, I remember hearing it. Oh, it's a while ago, a few years ago about somebody who's saying that's what the left loves to do is throw the stick and the conservatives are dumb enough to always chase it. So, yeah, quite simply, there's just too much information coming into an everyday man's life to dig through it, um, even even leaving out the fringe, even leaving out the really wild conspiracy theories and, you know, just leaving all that, even just getting down to the middle part of it and trying to figure out day to day how to deal with all the information you got coming in. It, there was a day, there was a day years ago where they talked about trusted media. Who is trusted media? Anyway, if there ever was a trusted media, those days are over. They're all rogue. They've all sold themselves to a certain concept, and it's not reality. Notice how hand-in-glove the left is with the media on this march to the Capitol. This whole fiasco, this whole story. I mean, a whole new narrative was born. The way I looked at it is there was a bunch of Trump supporters, and Trump said, come out and cheer and rally and do it. And I mean, that's, that's what he's been into. That's, that's, how he's, that's how he's run everything. So if he wanted to have a rally, there's nothing wrong with him having a rally. And then all of a sudden, it was like a bunch of sheep just wandered into the Capitol. I, I, I know in the mainstream media, that it was like, oh, they're like terrorists or whatever. But any videos that I've seen, it was like they just wandered in there. Yeah, there was people doing stupid things. But you get 100,000 people together, you're going to end up with a lot of stupid people in there just by the sheer numbers. I mean, even organizing a bake sale and having that many people come to it, you're going to get some stupid people coming to it. I mean, people that are doing things. That, now, I, I'm not saying that some of the people that, that did that, that pushed in, and I'm not going to knock down, uh, say they, like any idea that, well, they're brave and, you know, they're, they're at least somebody's pushing forward. Yeah, maybe, okay. You went in and occupied some empty buildings. It's like, it's, I guess, not bad as a symbol, but the problem is, is the whole narrative has been stolen from patriots getting into our house type attitude and the broken windows and stolen stuff and everything and the mainstream media not painting it like they're a bunch of terrorists. I know it's, it's stupid, but that's just what happens in this day and age, the way, the way information has moved around. It's a, a whole new narrative now. And that's where the, the right has always lost to the left, is writing the narrative, writing the story. You know, they, they always say that, that uh, history is written by the, by the victors. There's a little bit of truth to that, but I think mostly history is written by those that, that 
really work hard to frame the narrative. Now, how true the media ever was is a question. You know, that, and it's even from songs from long ago, even before I was born, I think, that, that one, because I saw it on TV. I know it's true because I saw it on TV. Yeah, that's been the attitude of people for a long time. It's like if they saw it on TV, that made it real. If the president talked about it, that made it real. If you got a guy in a white lab coat that stands up and tells you about the science, well, you got to believe it because, after all, he's a scientist, right? But I think science is even lost. I I had to go and I was writing. I was writing some an article, and I wanted to write science, and then I wanted a little copyright symbol beside it. And I've seen somebody else do that, and that pretty much tells the whole tale. Like, science has been taken over. It's like when they say, oh, it's science. Well, uh, there's no such thing as just science. There's science that proves. There's science that disproves. There's there, I mean, science is a method of learning something. So just because you invoke science doesn't necessarily mean what you're doing is good science because there is good science and there's good bad science and good science proves itself true and bad science remains unable to even see if it's true or not. For my money, I would say that if you have a computer program that has a model on it that you have put in there and you are claiming a certain thing is going to happen, you are no better than somebody who has just opened up a sheep and checked its entrails to see what's going to happen. Uh, models of Computer models can work, but they are notoriously bad for garbage in, garbage out. And it seems like the, most of the science that I hear, it doesn't matter whether they're talking about how this quote-unquote pandemic was going to play out or how global warming is going to play out. It's been uh, according to the models and then they just call it science. And then if you disagree with it or nothing that they predict comes true and you criticize it, they say, oh, well, you don't believe in science. Yeah. Okay, so science is not above lying. Just get used to that idea. Now, before ideological power seeped into every facet of our lives, there was a semi-trusted system of checks and balances that people lived under in this world. You know, they, like if somebody was going to claim to be a scientist, then he had to basically stand before his peers and be a scientist. If he wrote something, it was looked over by the peers. They tr often tried to redo his experiments, and, and more than one scientist was looking at, at the possibilities and the... And the parameters and everything around it so and if somebody was a was a was a fake or somebody come up with data that was couldn't be trusted well then there was criticism of his science but now science has been kind of co-opted by politics and it's more about what you say not how accurate what you say is it's has to fit the narrative of the world now so with all this, uh, this idea of who controls the information, the type of information, it's like our world went from being a first world where we had these checks and balances to, so now it's become third world dangerous. So um, it probably would be a good idea to leave your arm out of any moving parts in this new information age. Anyway, let's move on here a little bit, and I want to look at some coping mechanisms, some coping ideas on how to deal with this world of constantly changing information, suspect information, and 
and ideological information and anyway, some coping things. That's what we're going to move to next. So yeah, stick around. I want you to think of your life as having three concentric circles in it. I don't know if anybody else has ever done this before um, or has this idea or this analogy for how to figure things out. It could be. I mean, I read a lot of stuff. It, it might have come from something that I read. But think of three concentric circles starting at the a very center of your being. And the first circle is your mind. So everything inside your mind, anything outside your mind is outside. Anything inside is inside. That's your first concentric circle. Your second is your life in the present and things that you can change. Like within arm's length, within travel distance, within um, within your purview, let's call it. The third ring are the things out there that you need to plan for, like for, you know, the future, uh, things in the distance, things that are coming at you. Uh, I even say, for instance, getting ready for old age or getting ready for, to do an exam or there's things in the future that you, you have to plan into your life, but they are in the future or they are at a distance from you. So they're not in your direct purview. And then the last one, the fourth, is just, I'll call it the world. And that's all the stuff that's out there. And a lot of what I would call the world goes away if there's no electricity. In other words, your all your electronics shut down, your television, your radio, your computer, your everything is gone. So what does your world look like after that? Well, the part that's the fourth world then would just be the future, what's coming at you from far away in the future. So anyway, let me reiterate those. The first is your mind. The second is what I call your life, things that's in your purview. The third one, I'll just um, call it things out there. Let's call it community. Um, this is everyone and everything that's outside of your life, but, you know, things like the workings of the local government, uh, maybe coaching a little league team. This, this is all part of this third circle. And fourth is stuff way out there, things you read, information that comes at you. And a lot of it would disappear in this day and age without electronic transfer. So let's t look first of all at the one that is your mind. I think this is the most important one. This is where your thought processes are worked through. Um, if this one gets muddled, um, this is difficult to deal with. I mean, it comes everything from the news stories you read to what you eat to everything. You have to get control of it. You have to sort the information that you have inside your noggin. You got to watch out for some things. Watch out for your past. Don't let your past um, trip you up. Past is past. You shouldn't have to worry about it. Um, thing, another thing that can trip you up is, is worry, overly worrying about things, things that are not in your control, especially if your life is taken over by worrying about things in the, in the fourth circle, the world. You know, you read something on the internet and it bothers you. It really is not directing you right that minute just because you read about it. You have to get control of that. Uh, stop worrying over uncontrollable things. Uh, another thing you might want to look at is self-defeating patterns that you have had in your life. That's one good reason to look at history. Look at what you've done in your life and it hasn't worked out and ask yourself, are you doing it again? 
And if you are, well, then just stop it. <laughs> just stop it. There's really not much else you can say about that. If you've got a pattern in your life that you keep tripping over, then you, you have to stop it. Now, another thing is oh, you got to watch out for is either thinking overly negative or too much Pollyanna thinking. Like if you think too negative and everything's always bad and everything's going to fall apart and you're, everything you look at in life is seen through a negative lens, <coughs> well, that's not good. And so is thinking that, oh, everything is going to be just wonderful. It's always going to be wonderful in this. <sighs> yeah, no, sometimes you have to deal with bad things. So, yeah, you need to be grounded. You need to get grounded and get your feet solidly down to the ground when it comes to your mind. Um, you need to get grounded in what's real. There are too many people out there that somehow think life is, is like a movie or a video game or something. And I, I have seen this. Well, I've seen this a few times in my life. One that came to me is just the other day when, when the Patriots in the United States had wandered into the house. Um, yeah. I don't know what they expected was going to happen taking over an empty building. There, somehow there's just too, there's too much rhetoric. There's too much... To, uh, too much stuff like it was almost like they wandered in they were taking pictures and they expected that the video game would make a beeping sound and give them their high score and they were on to the next because i mean they they reached the height right they got right into the main government building where supposedly decisions are made and mostly bad things happened now i will not knock what they did in that they had the guts to go in there and do that okay fine I'm, I'm not i'm not really criticizing necessarily what they did or downplaying what they did and maybe the significance the symbolism of it will will carry through into the future i don't know all i know is seeing the people wandering around in there it just it seemed like they were expecting the movie to end or the video game to end and give them a score i mean they completed the highest level right this goes back to something that I noticed. Uh, it was um, probably in the last 30 years I've noticed it. And the first time that I heard something, is usually somebody younger than myself. Um, I'm like Gen X age, and it was somebody younger. And I remember the shock I felt the first time somebody was talking about something in life, and, 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 they, and they used a movie as an analogy. You know, it's like, I, I just, you know, I did blah, 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 blah. This happened. And, you know, it was just like movie X, Y, Z. That's the way you got to do it. It's just like, just like that, that, what that movie showed. And I remember when somebody first said that, or when I first remember somebody saying that to me, a, a bit of a shock because uh, in my age group, it's like you want to look at them and say, you know, movies are not real, right? I'd, I'd always heard life lessons or, or analogies to life lessons. It was always either it was something from uh, scripture or it was something from uh, like ancient texts or learned people or a quote from uh, somebody in politics or an old president or a king or a philosopher or something like that, not a movie. And it just, it continued on. I heard it more and more and more. So you're going to make sure that your mind, you've got it on straight. And it, I think what we need to do is concentrate on filling your mind with ideas that have stood the test of time. Reading literature that has stood the test of time. 
reading ideas that, that men have wrestled with since, since the ancient Greeks. Learn to revolve your life around ideas instead of just narrative and stories. That's, I, I think, would be a good thing to do. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the next circle. So the first one was your mind. The next one, I called it your life. Uh, think in terms of your home and those that frequent it. I mean, this is your spouse, this is your family, your friends, and all it takes to maintain that, that your home, your life. That means your jobs, your interests, your hobbies, all those things that in your life that are at arm's length that you can deal with and work with. This is where and why you live, essentially. The, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, at this point I'll have to interject this, the idea uh, proposed by Jordan Peterson in his book, uh, 12 Rules for Life, which I think I've got to rule three twice, uh, and I don't know why, I just can't seem to get through that book. But anyway, I think what i got to do is get it in uh, speak sp spoken form instead of book because it seems like I never have time to read. But anyway, the idea proposed in his book, 12 Rules for Life, is clean your room before you try and change the world. This, that, that rule works really good at this circle, this level of circle, um, your life. Work on the little things in your life to get control and then work outward from there. All right, let's keep moving along. The third one. So the first one was your mind. The second one's your life. The third one I called your community. And this is everyone and everything else outside of your life, the main part of the workings of your life. So this is, this is you'd be looking at your local government, your local school, uh, like I said before, coaching, little league, something like that. You get the picture. Think in terms of local, close to your heart, but you know, uh, it's not a need, a necessary need, but it's a very strong want. And the last one, the world. That's all the stuff out there, stuff that could go away. Stuff that would go away without an electronic transfer. This is the last ring you need to think about, and yet this is where most people find themselves. They read stuff. It's like they're taking responsibility for the whole world. I think at this point, it would be good to interject something that uh, Jesus said. He said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, what you got to deal with today is going to be bad enough. Don't worry a whole heck of a lot about the stuff out there. Deal with what you got on your plate. I mean, there's nothing wrong with planning for it. I mean, obviously, you got to plan for harvest. you got to plan for maybe someday when you get older and you need to slow down. I mean, there's nothing wrong with planning, but worrying sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Concentrate on those first two circles little bit in the third. Don't spend a lot of time on the fourth. This is the world that needs to be conquered. Those first three rings especially, you need to put effort into that. And it's pretty much in that order. And if you don't think this is important, if you don't think what I'm talking about is important, just remember that this is the order that Western civilization has been attacked and basically you may as well say conquered because we're not doing very well with the ideals that we started with in this culture. Okay, so we've been conquered. And the common people, the everyday person, the everyday man, Joe Sixpack, if you will, needs to take this ground back first. Get your mind straight first. Get your home straight. Get your community straight. Get your governments and businesses, local ones, starting the closest to you and working your way out. This is all enemy-held territory. And all this crap about relationships and parenting and life priorities, and which is basically materialism, all this stuff, 
a lot of this stuff needs to be re-looked at and questioned because the pro progressives have been destroying families and communities long before they were rigging elections. And they got into our heads, first of all. That's the first place they went. That's the first place they need to be rooted out of, is in your own head. Anyway, so where does that leave us? As far as coping mechanisms go, if you do this right, and you try and control some of the stuff that comes from out there in the fourth ring, and quit letting it interfere with the first, second, and third, that's going a long way to, uh, I don't know, getting control of the information that's coming in. And, you know, I have to say that there's a lot of garbage that comes in that, that, that surrounds our life that we put importance onto that aren't important. Like, I'll put professional sports in here. I mean, I know I'm not a person that really likes watching professional sports, but I know a lot of guys who do, and there's nothing wrong with it. But will you seriously let your life fall apart, fall apart if your favorite sports team goes to hell all of a sudden? You know, that whole kneeling thing and all that? Uh, just turn it off if you don't like something like that. You know, it, I know it's sad when old, familiar, favorite things begin to circle the drain. And, and we want to fight and try and preserve it. And, but I'll just ask you, what circle is professional sports in in your life? If it's in your head, if they if they live in your head and some guy kneeling for the national, national anthem just throws your life out of kilter, then you, you need to, well, you can rewind what I've said and go back and listen to it again. You really need to because professional sports aren't worth anything. It's just a bunch of guys trying to make a lot of money uh, chasing a ball around. And I realize that a lot of people think it's fun, but, and it, and it is. But it's in the scheme of things, it's not all that important. You know, at the very least now, if you can do all this, if you can get control of those rings, those circles in your life, we've at very least put a tap on the end of that information hose. Because if you look at the information that comes into you from uh, mainstream media, from, from social media, from all these different things, if you work these rules, these, these concentric circles, and you control what comes into them, you will find that you already have a tap on the end of that information hose, and most of it just comes in, it'll just spray all over, and you'll just look at it and go, it's not important. So it, it, especially when it comes to politics, I mean, suddenly it's more controllable now. I mean, if you hear how the conservatives are getting creamed in Caledonia or the progressives are protesting at Princeton, it, it's no longer in your jurisdiction. It's, I mean, good for information, gather some data, look at what they do. But it's not going to affect your life personally at that moment, and so it's not something that you need to deal with at the moment. Water under the bridge. Take a look at it, but... You know, it's, it's really important, especially that first concentric circle. It, at this point, in, I, I think what people need to do is keep your head down for a while, and if you've got your head down, make sure while it's down there you're getting it on straight. Think things through. Stop thinking in generalizations or cliches. You know, I, I keep going back to it because this is, what, January 10th. So it's not that long ago that they wandered into the, you know, the halls of government. And I don't know I, just how it hit me. It's these people that are thinking, yeah, if we can just get in there, 
you know, and then everybody talks about these, these generalizations, you know, we'll just, you know, you just see this crowd of people going into the halls of government and seizing the wheels of power, the levers of power. No, you just made it into a building and now you look bad. You've been used now as information and uh, that the media is going to use against the whole concept of checking out your election. Anyway, generalizations, cliches, we got to move away from that and start thinking in terms of where your life is about, what's happening in your life at this moment. What about social media? I mentioned social media. Where does that go? Well, you know, if you know friends and you, you know, go back and forth on social media, there's nothing wrong with it. But I think too much of the time people use social media as to get some kind of, they get a hit from it. And I think it's a waste of time. It's time to cut all the unimportant stuff out of your life and find like-minded people in your area where you are, where you live, in those closer in those circles. Don't let your mind try and cope with the whole world and all the information that you have coming in. I, I, can't, I can't stress this enough. Your world is a lot smaller than you think it is. It's coming into you and, and suddenly you're worried about you know something on Facebook about birds dying in a faraway place or, or something in it. Just work more importantly on keeping your room clean where you're at and working your way out from there. Western civilization has now become a dangerous world. So it's important to stay aware. It's important to see this, learn to filter this information that's coming at you and learning how to put it in the right place in your mind at a rapid pace. You'll be able to take in more information and the bad stuff isn't going to affect you as much. So by doing that, you'll be able to keep your limbs out of moving machinery, so to speak. So at this point, this is where we're going to move into the next section, Lies Found in Society. As you hear the gunslinger music, it'll move us into that. Sometimes I call it Lies Found in Society. Sometimes I call it the lie of the day if I'm picking out one single lie, but... This time around, we're just going to kind of look at the nature of lies themselves. Sort of the idea of the big lie that Hitler talked about. You know, if you tell a lie big enough and often enough, people start to believe it. That kind of stuff. Otherwise known as the narrative. So, yeah, it's important that you don't get sucked into a narrative. And yet we all find ourselves living in one often. It's important that you're living in reality. Don't waste your outrage on finding little lies or don't waste your outrage on the realization of lies or think that somehow Big Daddy is going to come in and stop all the liars. So if you tattle and tell about it and yap about it endlessly that... Somehow it's going to make a difference. Don't waste any more energy on being naive, of thinking that anything in this world is fair or that evil isn't going to be evil. You know, evil is going to be evil, and it seems like there's too many people out there that want to remain naive. You know, now, if, if a lie is coming into your inner circles, then you've got to fight like hell. You've got to make sure that, you, especially that first one, especially your mind, 
you got to keep the evil of lies out of that circle. Be free and honest in your own mind, especially. I don't know what more I can say with that. So that's some more coping skills. Um, we're in lies of the day, and I'm still kind of thinking about how to control the narrative that's coming in. I think you also have to remember that you're not going crazy, that you are being gaslighted. And basically what that means of being gaslighted is, is they're trying to tell you a reality that's not a reality. You know, like, for instance, the mainstream media now is, is losing its crap over the fact that these, you know, patriots wandered in and whether they broke windows or whether it was Antifa broke windows, it doesn't really matter. Some windows got broken, some stuff got stolen. And they're, they're wringing their hands and clutching their pearls big time, like, oh, this is so awful. And they're, they're, they're like terrorists. Whereas we just went through an entire summer of Blam Tifa doing all its stuff and burning stuff down and pulling down statues and killing people. And, and that was like the summer of love as far as the media was concerned. So, yes, they are gaslighting you. So just get over it already. And stop, stop letting them live in your head. They are doing that to you. They're doing that to you because they are evil and because they want to brainwash you. And they just love to rub your nose in it, the fact that that's the way it is. It's, it's amazing to watch. Another part of this, the whole concept of this lie or this narrative that goes through is, well, I touched on it already, that there's no special legitimacy stamp that's above reproach even though it seems like the world wants to do that. And you especially see this on the, the social media. Fact check. That, that one just gets me. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. It just makes me burn that they, that, you know, it's not academia. It's not science, not government, not even a 15 year old. And they're really sure that they know everything can honestly come to you and say, this is a fact check. Now, I would say once in a while there's, you know, a certain belief can go out and everybody thinks it's true and then it turns out it's not. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about they want you to think in a certain way and everything that doesn't go that way is, oh, that's fact check. That's wrong. You know, there used to be some trust. There used to be some pride, some honor about the quality control that the medium used and the quality control that scientists put out. But that's all gone now. Get used to it. You got to trust your own digging. I mean, you got to apply as much due diligence as you can and, and as much as you can afford time-wise. From there, you got to build trust with others and lean on other people. Work in, in circles, I guess you'd call it, same concentric circles. Obviously, you need to trust scientists. I'm not saying that the guy next door is just as trusted as a scientist, but trust is built s slowly. It, it's over time. I mean, watch out for this concept of this, you know, science trademark in quotations just being applied like some kind of a, a rubber stamp that's not that that's a science narrative it's not real science and if you have to get in and dig into real science and dig through the numbers and figure it all out that's fine then do it but this concept of just stamping a legitimacy on something that is that's gone So in order to spot lies, I think it's important at this point to say that what you've got to do is you've got to go back to what our ancestors turned to in order to find truth. 
it's no accident that progressives want to destroy the foundations and chop up all our roots um, to get rid of this touchstone of, of our past. It's no wonder they want to do that. What the progs want is to ban all classical literature, um, pull down old statues. If, if that's what they want to do, then I would say get start getting a hankering for reading some of them Greek stories or reading stuff by Shakespeare. Get, get, get an interest in it. If the progs want to tear down statues and, and c- condemn historical figures, then maybe it's time you better study history and and uh, at least enough so you can recognize history that is written down right now because they seem hell-bent to change it. And history often goes goodbye around com- around communists. They love to change history. That's how they order their society. I mean, there's even an old Soviet joke that's, you know, they say, under communism, my future is certain. It's the past that's always changing. Yeah, that's pretty much. And that's why the progressives hate the Christian Bible so bad. So that's what Western civilization, like it or not, that's what Western civilization is built on, is the philosophy, the Christian philosophy. Now, I can't encourage you enough to just read the Bible. You can disagree with it later, but read it now. There is a treasure trove of truth in that book. Learn to read it and accept it as the truth, and you will be able to spot unrealities coming at you from the world way better. Be diligent about forcing yourself to be truthful, especially with and about yourself. Anyway, I think that pretty much takes us to the end of this and the lies found in society. And I hope that helps you a little bit talking about how the narrative works. Um, Next thing we'll move on to is looking at some practical steps. You know, um, that's probably enough thinking things to ponder on how to, how to undo brainwashing. I mean, it takes time. So realizing change is difficult and the red pill is hard to swallow. Well, I can't start this section without doing my usual diatribe at this point. I've been doing this now for, I believe, almost the entire 15 episodes that I've put out here on the Enemy Patrol. And the diatribe goes something like this. It's something that I heard when I was a kid um, after I'd watched too much television, which for my grandfather and my uncle when I was on when I was visiting at the farm and they wanted me to do more work, the diatribe went something like this. Get up off that couch and turn that boob tube off. You ain't going to learn nothing watching that thing. Go outside and do something. Go out and get the stink blowed off you. This keeps up. We're going to have a country filled with people with wide, soft asses and even softer heads. Little did my papa know how true his words would become. This is the time, these practical steps, when I you've got to challenge yourself a little bit. So in the past year, and that's... Well, I haven't been quite doing this a year, but getting pretty close on the year. I have challenged people to grow things. I have challenged you to build things. I've challenged you to exercise. And really, when I say exercise, I'm just get out and move. 
go for walks, get away from your electronics, get away from the artificial world that we seem to live in more and more. Find joy in creating something. Find joy in living in the real world. I think we're on the cusp of something here. I think the world is going to change abruptly in the next little while. And I mean, I mean within days, things are going to be different. I truly believe that. I don't think things can hang on the way they are. I'm not promising it's going to get better, and I ain't promising it's going to collapse. But I think we'll be able to look back on what happened in 2020, and we're going to see it as the beginning of a change. And it won't necessarily be a change for the better, but maybe in the small world, in these circles that I have talked about, these concentric circles, maybe the change won't be entirely bad. Yeah. So this time, this what I want you to do is, uh, it's pretty simple. I want you to connect. I want you to find like-minded people. I think I talked about this before, the people around you, the people close to you, the people within your purview share what you know share whatever media find media where you won't be shut down and share work on all your connections but concentrate on your personal connections then your social media connections and phone connections but get contact with as many like-minded people as you can and do it now don't wait while you're doing this I mean, I got to put this in here. I mean, it's a perfect segue. Share the enemy patrol. Share it with somebody else. Um, there's now going to be 15 episodes to go back on, and it's all pretty much about how to deal with society, how to deal with enemy, how to deal with this breakdown of standards and values that we find ourselves in the middle of, middle of how to live within that type of a society. At least share it with one other person. So let's start to connect with one another and let's do it for goodness sake. So there's your call to action. So you can find me at anomicranger.com if you want to come on and, and look at my website and read some of the things that I write. If you want to send me an email, you can send me an email to animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. Don't forget to subscribe to give me a review and thumbs up and whatever way you show you like it, show you like it. And it's, you know, I heard something. I'm going to put this in here at the end. I was just going to start my whole ending diatribe and I decided I want to put this in. Uh, I heard somebody on a podcast talking about, you know, if you're an older person, and you were worried that you were just that life was going to sink away into significance, insignificance. Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore because things are really going to change, and it's not going to be the way it was before. And if you're young, and and you think life is boring and you want some adventure, don't worry, you're going to get it. Uh, this is, I think I said in the last um, podcast that uh, may you live in interesting times. That's where we are. So, wow, live in interesting times. None of us have time for despair. Suck life to the marrow. If your life sucks, then as uh, I've heard military guys say, embrace the suck. Life is an adventure. We've got to learn to live it that way. So until we meet again, keep an edge on your knife and keep your matches dry because life really is an adventure. And you know what? 
whether I convince you to live life as an adventure or it's just going to overtake you and you will have to live it like an adventure, all I can say is, Vea con Dios, eh? <laughs>